listening to Darling Shine, a podcast by Chloe Fisher and myself, Elodie Pullen. Join us as we blindly navigate and unpack the raw and often unspoken experiences of womanhood, grief, friendship, and everything in between. Encompassing all emotions, ugly and beautiful, we've made a promise to ourselves to find our shine and build a life of triumph and joy. Darling Shine is your survival kit to the unexpected shit life throws at you. Welcome to season three of Darlink Shine, the podcast. It's been a hot minute. It has. Merry Christmas and happy fucking New Year's <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> Bit late, but better than ever, hey. I feel like it just happened. I feel like it's still, someone said to me the other day, oh, like it's fucking February already. And I was like, it's November. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Literally just Were can't believe it. No, I'm definitely. It actually is weird that it's already nearly the end of Feb, feels, that's, yeah. is it? Yeah. Are we in yeah, Feb? Yeah, it's Feb. It's wild. Oh, yeah, that's weird. But, yeah, bit has been happening, sis. Um, we missed everyone a lot, by the way. We kind of, like, did that pushback because there's just obviously been a lot on. A bit on. A bit on. I think I need to get a bit on tattooed on my forehead. Okay. We can do that. We can arrange that. We'll no, arrange that. kidding. <laughs> it's going to be like a dare now and I'm going to have to get it. But we, we obviously pushed everything back because there was a lot going on with Elle, myself, Minnie, Elle's dad, and then it was just a lot. And Brit, our producer, is also about to pop a little egg out Mm. of her vulva. Of her (laughs) vulva, yeah. It's going to be so cute. We should, we should talk, yeah, we should live stream. Yes, she'd love that. (laughs) She doesn't even let us touch her belly. We've been trying to touch her belly all morning and she just can't deal with it at all. Um, So I loved it when people would caress my belly. Yeah. It was all about it. She, um, but we, we've been fluffing around all morning trying to get this episode recorded. But anyway, And would you actually believe um, – oh, yeah, me and, me and Chloe both, like, we're, we're mucking, muck around mini, minis at the moment. Like, we've actually had to record this episode for the second time because oh, we were telling stories in the first episode and both of us are halfway through. We're like, oh, wait, I forgot. And then I was just like, fuck it, we need to do this episode again. Let's hit yeah. re-record. And here – I actually came early today for once and Britt and Chloe were muck around minis. So yeah. Minnie wasn't mucking around, I wasn't mucking around, and Britt and Chloe were mucking around Minnie's. Yeah. But anyway, here we are. We're so excited to get to be back. We pushed it back a little bit and then we kind of were like, fuck, we actually really want to – we miss it. And now it's been dragging out a little. I think we have really definitely excited. been leaving you guys hanging. Yeah. But it feels good to be back. Um, and I felt like I've – I don't know about you, but I felt like weirdly like I really need to throw myself into something right now because I'm a bit – like my brain's a bit fucked. Is that, that going to happen? Yeah, well, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You've been a good boy. I, I get a hard time from this son, but look, I'm I I need like look. I do have a full time job on my hands with muck around mini, but I I I'm need, not do need the to devil. throw and my. You make out she as if I'm the, the devil. devil. <laughs> I'm not the devil. Wears Prada. Where's my handbag? <laughs> yeah, look, she's kind of like a angel devil kind of vibe. <laughs> Just like a split personality. We love it. Oh. I love. No, I'd hate it if you were like. Yeah, if you know, I was too a, nice, if I'd be like, fucking stop yeah, being so nice. Yeah, we'd get absolutely fucking And I don't like done. being treated like, I don't like getting special treatment. Fuck, don't be nice to me because that pisses me off more than anything. I'm so. not, I'm not, don't worry. Anyway. Yeah, so a bit of tough love, please. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but firstly, I wanted to address. Yes. If you guys remember at the end of last year when we filmed oh. that first episode and I had come back from L.A., and I had my broken arm in a cast and Minnie was like a newborn and Elodie was like burping Minnie and then she did that projectile vomit yeah. all over Elodie's laptop. Mm. Well, the laptop has officially died. 
Yeah, R.I.P. to the MacBook. Steve Jobs, if you're listening, can we get a little Apple Spono? Steve Jobs up there with Champo. <laughs> Is he? Are you joking? No. Is he up there? What happened again? <gasps> Radiation in the brain. He died, yeah. Oh, Steve fuck. Jobs well, died. I hope we're hanging out because he'd be, he'd be a sharp tool in the shed for Chump yeah, to have yeah. to hang out and chat shit. Anyway, if it. you're listening, Steve Jobs, let the guy who owns Apple know now that we'd yeah. love an Apple sponsorship. So Steve Joblet. That's why you're – yeah, okay. That's why my nickname is Steve Jobs. Yes. What would my nickname be? It would be like a monkey. Like what's a monkey's name? Like <laughs> that one that just stands there with the – With the symbols. The symbols. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> would you call me like Gerald and you – Steve Gerald. Jones. Yeah, don't you reckon that looks like a monkey name? No, okay. Well, yeah, that, we can call you Nigel. Gerald. Maybe Nigel. Nigel. I like yeah, that. Yeah, Nigel the monkey. That sounds Do you want to quickly tell us about the Celeste Barber oh post? Because that was okay. fucking funny for every, anyone that saw that. Um, so Celeste Barber a couple of weeks ago posted this video. You know, if, if you don't follow her, head over to her Instagram. She's an absolute laugh. She's so basically she r- mimics or like takes the piss out of celebrities when they do all these photo shoots or – Basically anything, and then she reenacts it in her kind of style. Anyway, a few weeks ago, there was this boy that tied like the, you know, when you wear a face mask, the loops that go over your ear, he like tied it in a knot with his tongue, and then she like reenacted and like put the whole mask in her mouth and was gagging <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. And I commented going, oh, I can tie an Alan's snake in my mouth with my tongue. That's Which like my party true. trick. She's always know? been able to do it. And all these people were commenting going like <laughs> – Who's Alan and, and why have you got his <laughs> snake in your mouth? Because Alan's not global. Alan's, must, Alan's, yeah, Alan's snakes, yeah. I don't know. Because who the fuck doesn't know who Alan is when it comes to snakes? Mm, well, these people didn't. So, And then a lot of people are like, we need to see this on the pod. You need to tie a snake in your mouth. Do you reckon I should try and do it Do it quick? right okay. now. Here's a snake. I stole a snake from a kid's party this morning. So. This is awkward if it doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> so for those listening, Chloe's just got it in a gob right now. Oh, oh. <gasps> Stop. <laughs> Hold on. Prove it. Get close to the camera. I could never do that. It doesn't mean that I can give a good blowjob, though. Yeah, so lots don't. of people are saying, Fish is a lucky boy. <laughs> he thinks he's an unlucky boy. <laughs> anyway, that's my party trick. So, Celeste, you should do that. That's one so good. I don't have a fucking party trick. Got a tink of something. Mm. My tits leak all the time. That's cute. Yeah, Elodie that's goes to parties and squirts her breast milk mm, on boys. That's a good party trick. I wouldn't – I'd bright. probably get cancelled if I did it on the podcast. I might not do that. Yeah, keep it in. Mm. Keep that was it, such keep a it under wraps. That no, wasn't even an Alan snake. That was a natural confectionery one. Those so I was a bit harder. I was good, a bit bro. stiff. Yeah, <laughs> no, stiff you need to go the full mouth. sugar. If you're eating snakes, you're eating, you're eating snakes, bruh. Mm. Anyway. Anyway, so that was that. <laughs> but anyway, there's been – Fucking a bit on. We're going to say a bit on. So if How you many times can one say a bit on in this episode? Someone count. Yes. Um, but, yeah, Elle's had a bit on. Fuck, i got to stop saying that Even now. you've had a bit on. Um, the last few months, literally since Minnie has been born, you mm. whisked her out of your vulva. Mm. She was at home for, like, a few a few days, and then you've gone down to Sydney. Do you want to talk everybody through what's been happening? Because it's been three and a half months. You've just come home, but what's been going on in the last three months for you? Yeah. Yeah, bit on miniature was born and then she was home for a mini minute. And then we, yeah, we made the mission down to Sydney, my brother and I and Minnie and Rummy, obviously, to be with dad. So for those of you who have been keeping up with the about Kardashians, <laughs> keeping up with the Kardashians, <laughs> um, keeping up with the Pullins, Minnie's um, 
Minnie's grandpa, so Minnie's opa, so my dad, got diagnosed with stage four glioblastoma of the brain a month after Chump passed away. Um, stage four means terminal. He was told he might not survive till six months or like he was, he was told he might survive a few months. He ended up getting a surgery and then getting some, like having a few more months up his sleeve, which was amazing. And his attitude is amazing. Anyone who's got, look, I have I'm little to nothing to do with cancer before this. We didn't have, I didn't really know anyone in our family that had had it. And then Sorry, dad. I'm actually smiling. Because Are you I'm laughing? Just, no, I am actually smiling because I was thinking of your dad and sorry to interrupt. He's fucking He's cute. He's so isn't he? funny. And I'm going to post one of these on our Instagram. Like her dad was like full on, like he would go down, like on road trips down the coast oh, and would yeah. see a kangaroo on the side of the road. And he would literally a pull dead kangaroo. Over. A dead roadkill road kangaroo kill. would pull over and just like cut the little bit, cut a few little kangaroo steaks out of the kangaroo's oh backside and bring it to the nearest camping. Did you see that recently yes. that my brother posted? I have that saved on my phone, but yeah, bring it to the nearest camping place and oh, like chuck mate. it on the barbecue. It actually looks pretty good. Oh, I you'd eat, eat You'd it. love it. No, you, you a hundred for men would. Yeah. No, no, it was fresh. So he'd, if it's, look, he'd probably eat if it was cold, but he checks if it's warm and he always tells us it's warm and we're like, yeah, no, nah, I'm just peeling out. I'm going to have some crackers. But dad would like literally cut, you know, it's like you so said, a wild. bit of thigh out and then whack it. Like he would make a little, <laughs> if he doesn't have a lighter, make a little fucking fire. fire with some stones probably. He's literally Tarzan. And then cook up this kangaroo on the side of the road. And my brother legitimately posted a video of that the other week. Um, like after dad died, it was posting heaps of videos of dad. And I was like, I don't think I can share this because a lot of people cannot deal with stuff it. like this. So you he was can a full-time legend. Full-time fucking legend. Actually, I, I in his... um. Yeah, so we're going to get there. But basically when I was speaking at his funeral, because you've just reminded me then, I um, said this funny story about dad and it was like one of the second or third times that Chump met dad. And <laughs> we went over there in the morning and David was there and dad had dad had this really cute pet minor. Or I think it was a – I don't know what kind of bird, but he was rehabilitating this little bird and it was like sitting on his shoulder and he was just obsessed with like injured wildlife. He hates domestic animals, so like fuck dogs off, even though he likes rummy because I forced him to. But he'd have this little bird and it was like injured and he was just doting on this bird. He's like, oh, it's so cute. And then we came – we like we left for the day and then we came back in the Arvo and we're like, dad, where's, where's the bird? And without my dad batting a fucking eyelid, eyelid he was like, I had bird on toast for lunch today, actually. Actually, yeah, it was really good. And we were like, just, oh. we just went white and we we're like, what do you what mean you like? had, you ate the bird? And he's like, the poor little guy wasn't going to make it. You know, that's just the oh, way it goes. I can't. I can't. <laughs> that's just normal. And then like. If he we, had a cookbook, like. Oh, no. Roadkill cookbook. Poor chump. When you were going over for <laughs> dinner, you had to pretend you were really full and you were like not hungry. And Chump would just whip down the road for Macca's all the time because Macca's was down the road. And because dad would literally be like, guys, I've got butter chicken for dinner. And I'd be like, I don't believe there's chicken in there because you would never go to the butcher and buy meat. I know you wouldn't because there's rabbits running around and he loves nah. there's little and like people in the street would bring him like injured goannas that have been run over and they'd be like, Pete, can you help save this goanna? He'd be like, yeah, I'll save it. And he just cuts it up and puts it in a curry because he knows it's going to die. No, I'm heavy. literally not kidding. So when he says it's butter chicken, I'm like, no, it's butter rabbit. Butter bunny. Butter bunny. <laughs> butter bunny. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I don't eat dad's cooking. I definitely don't eat it anymore. But look, I did a few times eat some of his cooking and I think I have a really – I have like an iron tummy because – of yeah anyway there's gonna be lots of vegans listening just going fuck (laughs) i went vegan for a little while because of all this shit i was like i just i can't deal with it 
But um, basically, yes. dad's an absolute. Yeah, what to the to the animals to the animals? To yeah, yeah, to everyone. <laughs> Everyone's just dropping like flies around me. What the fuck's going on? We've got a bit on, yeah, bit on over here. Um, so basically, miniature Minnie, my daughter, and Rummy and I and my brother in a different car. We drove down to Sydney to be with Dad because he was really deteriorating, and basically, I was pregnant, and I was like. Oh my gosh, I just want to, you know, I can't wait for Minnie to be born. I can't wait to bring Minnie down to dad. It's, it was this thing because Minnie was going to be so tiny and so young. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't know how to be a mum. I don't know how to look after a newborn, but I've got to whack her in the car. And like, you know, like, oh, how, how do I even do the car seat up? But no, we're going to go on a drive for nine hours to Sydney. Yeah, just a miniature road trip. And it was pretty daunting. You know, I was so scared to leave. Really? Yeah, I was so scared to leave. I just – but I wanted to see Dad so bad. I just wanted to get there. But the whole, like, you know, people were like, you're going to take, like, your fresh little newborn just on this big road trip? Kind of, like, I mean, I know it's not that Did big and people have done wild. Yeah, she was an angel because, you know, newborns – she didn't wake up for, like, the first two months of her life. She barely had her eyes open mm. at all. I didn't even know what colour her eyes were for ages. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we whipped down to Sydney and – yeah, saw dad, and once we when we first got down there, he was he was like still kind of w- walking, and my brother was actually a few days behind us, and I was like I could see dad was slowly deteriorating. Like the second day, he's walking was you know like the left side of his body was kind of going. You could see his left left arm and left leg stopping to walk, and then within a week of that, he was literally bed bound. So I was like, going, come on, David, you've got to come down. I'm really worried. Dad's going to slip away, and um, yeah. Any anyway. It was amazing to have that time and I'm so glad I went down when I did, when Minnie was so young because Dad was sleeping all the time and Minnie, oh my God, when Dad first saw Minnie, it was the cutest moment ever and I put little Minnie straight on on top of him and they just both slept together for hours and Mm. Rummy was really sad too. You know how in tune she was Mm. and I think apparently dogs can like smell cancer. So yeah, we had some beautiful moments like just every time I David and I would well every time I'd go over I'd just pop Minnie down on dad and they'd sleep together and it was so cute and dad would name Minnie heaps of cute like he was like Minnie Mal and that because I've thought of so many funny nicknames for Minnie but Minnie Mal wasn't one of them so he'd call her Minnie Mal and then Minnie Minor Bird and stuff (laughs) it was just so cute cute. and we'd put on heaps of chumpy tunes every time we were there and just kind of tell dad like amazing stories of growing up and every time I'd go over my friends would be like oh when you see Pete can you tell him about this time when we were growing up when he did this and like there was just so many funny stories I'd go over and I'd be like do you remember this and dad is it sorry is it a weird feeling when people like obviously you've had Champo die and it was very sudden and then obviously your dad was like a drawn out oh death was it was it a weird kind of feeling because, you know, you, you actually did get to have all these moments and people were coming to say goodbye and, like, you were, re-enact, like you were, you were reminiscing on so much stuff? Did it make it, like, almost? So emotional. Yeah. So emotional. Every day we thought it was his final day and Dad would – do you know what? Dad was actually putting out so much energy every mm. day because so many people were coming to mm. visit because he was in palliative care at that point and so many of his friends would come over every day to hang out and to talk to him and so dad was awake a lot when he he could have mm. been resting but then again like what you know mm. like it's not like he needed to save his energy for anything because yeah. final the, it was his final days but yeah it was it was exhausting and so emotional and dad would dad I mean we were all just so emotional every 5 minutes we'd be we just and you know dad would just 
sometimes he wouldn't be able to talk and his long-term memory was really good. His short-term memory was really bad. So he wouldn't, yeah, (laughs) he would, he would not know, like, you know, you tell him something, he completely forget it. Like definitely wouldn't remember the next day. Um, Or he just forgets key details of information, but long-term memory was amazing. So we'd be able to talk about our childhood and growing up and, and he was he, like, you know, every time we'd get really emotional seeing him deteriorate, he just he he would just be like, "Don't worry, be happy." And he'd just he'd literally be asleep, and he'd see us like crying, and he'd just kind of mutter under his breath, like, "Be happy, guys, be happy, like it's okay." Aww. And he was, and he'd always say to me, like, "I'm gonna be with Chump soon. It's gonna be okay." And he is not, I don't, you know, Dad. I don't. I don't think Dad knew. He's not a spiritual guy. I don't think he, he definitely. I I don't know if he was scared at all, knowing that he was going to die. I definitely don't think he knew where he was going at all. Um, and he is one of those people that all along his cancer journey, he was because he's so positive, and he was always just like, you know, it's just interesting to see where this journey's going to take me. And we'd be like, fuck, it's not going anywhere. Good mate, like, <laughs> like. But he he was just some like he's one of those people that's just like I'm just going to hang on and go for the ride and see what happens and and. Two towards the end, and he did deteriorate a lot. Where he was not, he was barely awake for the part for the last like three weeks of his life. And you got to spend Christmas with him again. Yeah, we got to spend Christmas with him, which was so special. And that was Minnie's first Christmas and Dad's last Christmas, which was so yeah. freaking cute, actually. Um, and then after that, um, so yeah, I'd say the past the last like three weeks of Dad's life, it became really difficult to like physically visit him and. He was just a lot more out of it, and he would he like look up and be like, "Ellie, there's bugs all over the ceiling," and you'd look up and you'd be like, "There's no bugs anywhere." But then some, yeah, he was just his long term memory was great, and when when we'd come, he just was like you could see his eyes were looking at us like he really he'd had he'd he'd want to talk to us and he'd he'd be telling us things through his eyes kind of thing because he often wouldn't find the words and he was just so cute. It was just I feel. Yeah, I think when I, because I, I do, I reflect and I think about dad's life and I think about Chump's life and I I remember saying to dad ages ago, knowing that he was going to pass away, I was like, you know, what what can we do? Like, do you have some bucket list shit that we need to do while you're well and able? And he was like, Ellie, look at my life. I've had the best time. Mm. I've travelled everywhere. He's met with a bil- billion epic people and had some, like you look through his photo albums and there's just so much fun he's had. It's like if I could have just 1% of his life, I have lived to mm. the fullest. Mm. And he he's like, I don't have anything that I want to do. And he's always like, he was always like when he was, you know, more like with it, he'd be like, look at Chump, like he was 32. He His life just got ripped away from him. Like I feel so grateful and, mm. and, and so many people will say to me, dad's still so young, like he shouldn't be gone and absolutely he is still so young. I think he was 69 and he did. He was such a go-getter and mm. such a big character and so energetic and it just – and although it is a cancer death and a slow death and something that we were anticipating and we knew he was going to go, it is still such a shock. Mm. And I think a lot of people say that, like heaps of people will say to someone who's lost someone to cancer, like – you know, but you knew it was coming, so you were kind of prepared. And and I guess yes to a certain degree, but I think the shock is just like I think you. St- I was I was I surprised myself about how much shock I actually mm. was in. So, but like, look, Dad's last moments were absolutely beautiful. My brother and I and Minnie and Rummy were there, and we went over there, definitely not thinking Dad was about to go. 
we went over there just to be with dad. We were holding dad and dad's breathing got quite sporadic and basically he did end up taking his last breath with us holding him. Oh, so when nice. I, I remember going over there that day thinking, oh, dad, you know, he might have a few more days in him. Mm. But it all just happened in that within that hour and he we were just it got to a point where we were holding and we we're like, come on, dad, like you can do it. You can let go. Like we love you. You're our, our hero. Just telling him like, you know, that we've had the best life with him and that if if he wants if he really wants to right now he can let go and he literally did let go right then and there in our arms mm. and Minnie was there and Rami was there and Bro was there and I know that dad was waiting for us I just know that in my bones because we got there and it happened yeah. and do you know what I a lot happened for me within a minute straight after so once I felt like he took his last breath I knew that dad was still there and I was talking to him, I was holding him and I was still talking to him and I just felt this like in my bones that he was still there and he was listening. Mm. And then within maybe three minutes after, I just knew that his spirit had completely gone and his mm. body was just then a vessel and it was just lying there and he was literally not in it. It was wild. Have you? Really? No, I haven't seen a dead person before. Because I didn't see Chump either and and I, I, um, t- I like – planned in my head that I really want to see dad because I don't want to be in this limbo where I don't know what's going on I want to really grieve properly and thoroughly and and like feel the depth Mm. of what's happened so that I can process it because I've got like mini and I've got so much going on that I don't I don't want to be confused Mm. for too long and Mm. and like dad and I had had beautiful conversations and it was a different situation he was sick it wasn't as sudden so I'd like planned to make sure I really have his body and like hold mm. him and deal with that. And I just learned so much. Like you get, there's this absolute feeling that he, he's a hundred percent not in his body anymore and he's gone. And and I mm. knew I just, I'm, I mean, I hope mm. he's just with chum. Mm. That's yeah, where, of course. Yeah. I have no doubts. I have no doubts. And uh, yeah, I feel like we'll get to this because you've had some really cool signs lately, but I've already had signs from them both. And, yeah, I just I just know that they're together and those two got along like a house on fire and, yeah. so Lucky your dad doesn't have to do any cooking up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they eat up there because Chump, Chump will just be – he'll be at Macca's. Yeah. They're Macca's up there. <laughs> he won't be eating Goanna, that's for sure. <laughs> But no, um, look, I, I'm a I'm a professional at planning funerals now. Actually, I'm not because I didn't. Do, you did all of Chump's funeral with everyone else. I didn't do any of that. But basically, it was the biggest whirlwind, and I, in my entire life, like there was a month there where I felt like each morning I'd wake up and I felt like I'd swallowed a towel. I was so stressed and so anxious, and I'd wake up feeling like I want to vomit and. Like there was like a tea towel stuck in my throat, like a big gobstocker and like I would struggle to breathe. So I think I've really struggled at the beginning of this year with anxiety and I know that a lot of listeners, well, a lot of just every second person yeah. has has had or will have anxiety at one point or, or another. So, yeah, I just want to say that I've definitely been through that recently and it's just awful. Like there's just been so much going on. And, and I think as well in amongst all that you people for well not people forget well I you're, you're also parenting as like a one person oh. show and then having to deal with your dad part like your dad mm. you know deteriorating 
dealing with will stuff. Like there's just so much going on for one person to like yeah. be able to manage your time and your energy. Of course, it's going to take that out of you completely. Just way too much going on for one person. I remember speaking person. to you a few times just going, oh, my God, I just would call my – because my mum lives in Sydney near where Elle was and I'd just be like, can you just go down and get her, like go and get Minnie or just give her a break because like there's – Alison would just rock up and take <laughs> Minnie and I just like yeah. – I just – I remember just – it would make me so – like I just felt so lucky and people people would just come over and like look at me and be like, I, I've i been told that I need to help you and they would just like take Minnie away yeah. and I was just like, I, yeah, and I just feel, I just feel so lucky to have the, lucky she's a legend <laughs> and she's so cute and she looks like chump and I just feel so lucky to have the village of support around me that I do because, yeah, and my biggest fear through the whole thing and, like, lots of things happening was just, like, oh, my God, I have this fresh, tiny newborn and this isn't fair on her and I'm dealing with all this stuff and, like, I just hope that she's – I hope it's not rubbing off on her and I hope that she's not stressed and I hope that she's not taking no, it on and I know that she's yeah. not. But, yeah, I just felt like the whole time I was just trying to protect her and protect me to a certain degree but obviously I can't, I couldn't and – yeah, it was just a lot, but everyone's so cute, to be honest. They'd just come up to me and be like, I like, look at me and just be like, you know when people just look at you because they know you've been through a lot and they'd just be like, are you, how are you, are you yeah. okay? And you just fucking crumble. Or lose your shit, like, yeah. yeah. oh, my God. And then and then sometimes this a bit of sleep. Well, do you know what? Minnie's actually an awesome sleeper, but if she wakes up early and I didn't get to bed till late because I'm fucking thinking and thinking and thinking and so much going through my head, I would, um, oh, I just, you know, you just wake up so tired and emotional and just you're sleep deprived and everything's 100% worse and all the emotions are so much more heightened. But basically I'm, I am so proud of what my brother and I put together for dad's mm. funeral. Like you watched it online. It was really cute. Um, Dad was an ex-police officer and so the police surfing association and like just the police force in general got super involved and they did a police guard of honour when Dad was leaving the chapel or like not the chapel, like the little the place that we had the funeral at, like Dad would walk out and there was a police like saluting him and there was oh. this police playing bagpipes at the funeral and then this was so special. We had like a police escort um and motorbike, like all dad's mo, because dad was a motorbike rider. So he had like all his motorbike friends come on motorbikes. And then Dave, my brother, rides as well. So he rode his motorbike right behind dad's hearse as he got escorted out. And we rode up to to where the wake was, which was at dad's local actually, beach. My, my dad was actually saying, because my dad went there, he said it was actually pretty funny. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> the, I'm such the, an idiot. The police like escorted all the like the people on the motorbikes. And the police the, closed down the intersection the basically intersection. to escort dad and all the motorcycle riders out. And then me and Elodie fangs out in this little car with someone and then the lights change and the <laughs> light turns red and she was meant to go behind all the people in the motorbikes and the cops had to come and like stop everyone. So Elodie can go through the set of lights because so she wasn't didn't make it in time. Look, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed at the best of times, but basically the police had literally shut down the intersection so that our whole fucking entourage could like escort Dad out, and there was this escort leaving with the police highway patrol had shut down the, <laughs> the intersection and and the light went red where I was, so I stopped. 
Because I was just like, well, it's a, it's a red light and it just felt weird to go through it. <laughs> Even though I've definitely done that a million times. But the one time I was meant to go through a red light, I stopped and everyone's like, what are you doing? Stopping? Like, and so then I had to quickly go and it was so awkward. I had to try and catch up with dad and the boys on the bikes. And it was oh, honestly, dude. and then I was blasting the Rolling Stones because that's dad's favourite in the car and one of my oldest friends was in the car with me and we just had it. We were just mm-hmm. in there like crying and laughing and singing at the top of our lungs and then my brother and I planned this really awesome wake at Dad's favourite beach. (sighs) So, yeah, I'll forever just be so proud of what David and I achieved for Dad's send-off and I guess just celebrate Dad forever and it's just bizarre that I'll never see him again, but... Yeah, it it's a weird thing to they just better comprehend. Be, they just better be together is all I can say. That's what will just keep me going. Um, and thank God Minnie got to meet her opa. Mm. And so, yes, now I'm back home after three and a half months of being away and I'm finally back with you, Chloe, and you. Oh that was a really long time because I was, oh. like, losing my mind back up at home here going, fuck, when is she coming home? And I was like, are you sure you can't come home? <laughs> because... I was stuck up here because I had all, had my surgeries and I wasn't able to fly. Yeah. So it was it was so weird. We've had these so many moments throughout this year where we actually can't couldn't physically be together. Yeah. Like with all the COVID yeah. stuff and me being stuck over in LA and then not being able to come home for Minnie's birth and then yeah and then it literally we're in the same country but the st- the, the borders were closed. And so emotional finally getting home and then being together and just hanging out and you've been going through so much too. You've got to fill everyone in on. IVF and the wrist and just everything. Yes, the wrist. <laughs> the saga of the wrist. <laughs> the freaking ongoing. wrist saga. That happened on the no- on November 6th and where are we now? We're like end of February. Oh like what gosh. is that, November, December, January? That's like nearly three months now. It doesn't actually seem like that long. No, it's nearly four months. Wow. Um, but, yeah, so I, I guess a lot of you probably were, were wondering as well why I wasn't um, – why I wasn't with Paul over New Year's Eve – and it was all it was because of all this COVID shit again. I actually mm. had all intentions of going throughout the whole process and he play, he played in Arizona, then um, Vegas and then straight to Cabo on the first and spent was spending a couple of days in Cabo with all of our mates and I was so jealous of that. But because Queensland where we live was still essentially the borders were still up, even if I went on that trip you have to actually – you're not actually allowed to have surgeries within two weeks of returning home from overseas. So my window, even if I went over there just for New Year's and then came back, I had booked in um, on the 10th of January to have a laparoscopy with my IVF doctor, Dr. Keong, on the 10th. So there was just no way I was going to be able to have that surgery. And for mm. me, that that was a priority because obviously we want to fall pregnant this year. Yeah. And I was like, I'll stay home. I'll get this laparoscopy and basically – with the laparoscopy, they go inside you. I just make sure your uterus is all fine. There's no cysts or like there's no endometriosis and your lining and everything's just looking good because my doctor in the States was trying to tell me that it was not good. Mm. And then my doctor here, when I, he went in, he's like, it looks completely fine. Being told so many different things by so different doctors. I just have been like lately just trying to feel my gut instinct and like really go with what I believe mm. um, is right, uh, obviously with advice from the doctors. So – I stayed back. I got this surgery on the 10th um, and then 
literally I had to, I think you have to wait. I had to wait till I got my next period because I was going to do another round of IVF. And I know a few people have asked me as well, why are you doing another round of IVF? I know, you know, you know, you've got embryos already. Like, why mm. would you put yourself through it again? But I've, I've only got actually one embryo here. Well, I had only one embryo here. Um, so I just figured while I'm in Australia, let's just get this all done um, and do another round. It can't hurt. I'd love to have a few more up my sleeve if I can, mm. because obviously I've done, I've done two rounds over here and I've only ever got one to freeze, which I have. And then I used one and I miscarried that last year. So I figured while I was here, it would be a no brainer to do another round. Yeah. Um, so I then got my period, I think maybe like two weeks later or something. Oh no, no. Yeah. I got my period two weeks later and you start IVF on day one of your cycle. So I started the needles. This was on the Monday. In the meantime, I, the risk saga kind of was continuing. And when I moved back from LA, I saw so many different doctors. I was in a cast out of a cast I was being given advice by all these different surgeons and specialists and it got to the point where I got I was seeing this physio up here and he's like no I just don't think it's right like it honestly I was in so much pain still which just wasn't like I had been out of the cast so it should have been fixed basically um, but I wasn't getting this full rotation and and basically what the issue was it was it had healed 20 degrees in the wrong direction so I eventually torture yeah torture and painful and painful and like I'm right-handed so I have only just been able to start putting like my hair even using a hair elastic (sighs) so that's why my hair is always out or in a clip washing my hair I've only just been able to wash my hair again Mm. um putting a tampon in nightmare (laughs) like it's all it's all just like not fun but so I ended up getting referred to this risk specialist up here and his name was Professor Bindra um, and I thought, why not? Professor? It's better than a, better than a doctor. Mm. So I saw him and I honestly, I started my IVF um, cycle on the Monday and on the Tuesday I got a call up from Professor Bindra's offices saying, hey, we can, like, surgeries have opened back up because they've been closed with COVID as elective surgeries. We can get you in on Friday. I was like, fuck, I literally just started this run of IVF, is this going to affect... Because it was a two-hour surgery because they had to cut my arm open. They had to re-break it, grind it back, get a bone graft from my right hip, put that into the joint, put a big plate in and eight screws. So I was like, is this going to affect the IVF process? Surely, like I'm under anesthetic for two hours. Um, And I spoke to Dr. Ong, my fertility doctor, and he was like, no, it's fine. Like, all good, just go for it. So I was like, okay. You so had to get I then, hip surgery like an so old lady. So I was doing my needles. had had the the wrist surgery on the Friday. The following Thursday, I had my. In the meantime, I'm going having ultrasounds with the fertility doctor, and everything was like kicking along fine. And then I had a collection the following Thursday. Mind you, I literally couldn't walk because my my hip was so bad, um, and. I got seven embryos, which was I was so happy with. Like I was like, maybe these babies just liked the drugs or something. It's- I think they like. I think they were. <laughs> you were probably more relaxed or something yeah. because you had the bullshit of the yeah. wrist and stuff going on, and yeah. the wrist and the hip. Because I said to him, I like, he's just like, as long as you're feeling fine. And I honestly think that I came into this year feeling like in a better place than ever. Like I was like, yeah. no, I'm confident. This is good. It's January. I've got a big year ahead of me. Yeah. I'm going to get this done. Let's get it all done at once. Like I'm going to be flicking the wrist in no time. So let's just flick it the out. Wrist. So yeah, I got the collection seven 
we collected seven embryos. Five of the seven were mature, and then I and they inseminated five with Paul's sperm. And then I got the call on day one that three of them had lasted the night. And then it's a it's a really gnarly wait. It's oh. so stressful. I actually think that it's almost worse than the two week wait. That so I then you wait until day five and they update you every day. And I had three the three little embryos lasted all the way to day four. Um, they were all looking very strong. And then on day five, one had dropped out. So I was able to get two really, really good embryos all the way to day five, which mm. is like the best result I've had here in Australia. Um, so I had one grade A one and one grade B one. And then we've proceeded to go in and get it. They take a biopsy of them and genetically test mm. them. So it's like one extra tick just to like before you do a transfer because they can be very good grades but they can still be genetically abnormal and that's when you'll miscarry. So we're kind of just having a little bit of a break. I haven't drunk still, which is like epic. I I haven't drunk since New Year's Eve. Look, I've had a glass of wine here and there but I just figured – I wasn't doing, I wasn't drinking through all the IVF Mm. and then I was just like, well, well, I feel really good right now. Why would I just like push on through until – like I do the next transfer, like my body, I, I honestly, I am feeling the best I've felt in almost in t- over two yeah. years since we've started, like, you know, um, since we started trying. So I thought I might as well just keep on the bandwagon. Paul's mm. actually gone away again now. So it's just me here on the Gold Coast. And yeah, I'm feeling good. Like I just, I really do believe that maybe towards the end of last year, I had this shift you're and like a different person. I this don't know. Year. I feel like lighter. I feel happier. I just, I don't know. I just feel like, a, yeah, I feel like a new girl. And it's really weird because I've been trying to work out what it was. And there has been a few things specifically that I have been doing. And I did, uh, towards the end of last year, our, our good friends over there, they did this thing called brain training and they always raved about it. Um, and like they put this, this cap on your head and it has like all these little yes. electrodes and they read your brain waves because you've got, I think, five or six different brain waves, and it reads your brain waves. I think you spend seven minutes staring at the wall in front of you with your eyes open, which, mind you, is so hard just looking at one spot. You kind of like get a bit tired. And then seven minutes that. with your eyes closed, and in that time, it, um, it, yeah, measures all your brain waves and it tells you different parts of your brain if there's any trauma or if you've had any like concussions when you were younger and like, you know, so then, that's so crazy. Yeah. I want to do it. Then what? And so our friends got, they were raving about it and they paid for the consultation for Paul and I to both mm. have it done. And I was like, I felt bad. Cause I was like, fuck, I might as well just do it because mm. they've done, they've paid. Anyway, then I like got, they were like, showed me my brain map and they're like oh you've got like a lot of red at the base of the back of your head which indicates to us um that you uh, your body is really really stressed you might not feel stressed but we can tell from your brain that your body is under a lot of stress um and then there was also like a bit of redness around beside my ears and he said he goes have you got a really bad memory and I said yes it's so bad like I honestly I question myself all the time like why and he's like we're gonna we'll try it we can fix that so basically they send you home with this thing which I it's a couple of grand in the end but I was like fuck I'm in this fire I've got to do this now <laughs> it's like this headband that you wear across your face and it comes with like a little electrode like a little wire that you, you it, in the training you do different top parts. You got sucked in. Yeah, I got sucked in. But I feel like it, this is why I am yep. where I am because I 
Yeah, you put the little thing on your head. Each each session, it tells you where to put it, and it's so fucking boring because you have to watch on your phone these like activities. You've got to do five, six, five minute slots and games. And basically, what you do, you watch your screen on your phone. You watch this game, and for example, it might be like two rocket ships, and you're one, and then the opponent's the other one. And basically the aim is for your rocket ship to be like going higher than the other one. But yeah. the way that it's being controlled is your brain waves. So when oh your brain gosh. is doing the right thing, your rocket's like soaring really high. But when your brain's not doing as it's told and reacting, it like slows right down. So it's all about training your brain and how to... That's so weird. And so you do 20 sessions and it's basically rewiring the way that your brain works and how it reacts to different things. So when I go back to LA, I'll go and do another... I'll put the thing on my head and it will track... To see how much has changed in my brain and he said look a lot of people have done IVF and have come and done this and they've had a full shift in their brain no and they've fallen pregnant straight away so when you go back you hopefully won't have any red yeah there. yeah so like my friend Gita who did it hers was completely different her brain and she was it was showing that her her brain was constantly in fight or flight oh wow. constantly at that level whereas my fight or flight was completely fine it was just like different you know Stresses. so each person I said Paul's like I'm gonna go do it when I get home I'm like oh, I would I hate to fucking think what they pull up on your brain that <laughs> thing is constantly going it would be just like ADD he'd have to do like 50 sessions to fix that shit oh my god so yeah I did that and then also another thing as well which I don't know if I've told you about this but I when I was in Ibiza um back in when it was like September or something. Mm. One of my really good friends over there does this thing called CAP and it's called Kunda, Kundalini Activation Process. What? You yeah, did not tell me about, you about this. this. No, okay, surprise. Um, so basically you like lie in a room and it's sort of like a yoga sort of thing, but it's about all about moving energy around in your body. And wow. again, she was like, you know, it could really help with your fertility and like clearing all blockages. So basically if you're doing it in the room with her, you're laying there and she will have like this crazy music going on. It goes for an hour and she'll like touch different parts of your, like just come around and she'll touch different. Wow. And it's like moving. Kind of like Reiki. Sort of, but yeah, it's moving like different parts of your energy and you're opening your meridian lines and your chakras and all that sort of stuff. Wow. So if you could, you know, when you see those people on the, in those, um, when they have those sessions sometimes and their bodies are like having these crazy moving like experiences where like they lift their chests mm-hmm. up and like all yeah. that never happened to me, but I definitely at sometimes you see because you lay there with your eyes closed and sometimes like you get, see these crazy lights and like colors and you can Whoa. you'll twitch and all that sort of stuff and I was when I was in LA when we had left Ibiza I was doing a, a few sessions just remotely because she can actually sit on the other side of the computer and do it oh. it actually might be cool for you to try it I need that. Um, yeah she just sits on the other side of the computer and you just lay there on a yoga mat I've done it here a few times and she just like helps like channel the energies and I've a few different people have told me the different experiences they've had with it and like they've had like full outer body like they've seen things and the only time that I felt like really hectic when I saw this one it was this one day in LA and I remember I just saw this like insane orange light like in my (coughs) third eye and I was just like what's going on like with my eyes closed it was just like it was kind of coming and going and like pulsing and when I was talking to her after she's like orange is like your um is it the, the chakra that's all aligned to your hormones and she was just mm. like you must be like having like hormonal imbalance and blah 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 so wow. honestly I like I say that I don't know what shifted me but the more that I think of it I feel like those Everything. two things in combination 
I honestly yeah. was talking to my friend who th- gave me the brain training and I was like, he's like, how do you feel? I go, honestly, I think this is bullshit. Like I do not feel any different and I just don't understand. But now looking back, I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, it's a no-brainer, literally. Yeah. I feel – yeah, <laughs> it's pardon the pun. I feel like you did just come into this year – so much oh, lighter. You're carrying like so I much came baggage. On the magic carpet, like, yeah, just yeah. Like, here I am. Red carpet entry into 2022. Oh no, it wasn't a red carpet. It was a magic carpet. A magic oh, carpet. Like you just came in. sliding in, doll. <laughs> yeah. So it was. It, it would have been a combination of all those things. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. Yeah, it's it's. I feel weird saying that I'm like I'm in such a good place and I'm so happy when you've just gone through like complete polar opposite oh, situations. It's fucking never but ending. It's just with yeah. Us. I I feel it's up and down. For I feel both of very us, confident coming into this year and with this IVF sort of stuff. I'm like really hoping that we can in the next few months like do a transfer for pregnant. Everything's yes, all good. Me too. Wrist is fucking fixed. It's a bit. Yeah. Speaking of wrist, it's a little bit sore still which is really con- not concerning but it's just a bit annoying because I feel game. like I went really well the first two weeks I was doing really well with my physio and I had a lot of progress but it's just like I, he said the last 20 percent is like the hardest part to like click because you're naughty you haven't been wearing your cast Delink. Naughty. Hopefully he doesn't listen. I doubt he does. But even you even <laughs> saw Rebecca recently, oh goodness, our yes. psychic, who is amazing. She's a psychic medium and she noticed straight away your shift. She was like, wow, you're like a new person. I booked this psychic person in in January of 2021 and I waited a whole year and Worth one the month. wait. Worth the wait. She's amazing. Rebecca, holy shit. I've, I've had a session with her before like 10 years ago and I forgot what it was like. And yeah, yesterday was – or a couple of days ago when I had it, it was just – she immediately was like, whoa, your energy is like mm. – yeah, she she picked up on it straight away. And I, I think – and one of my favourite parts <laughs> – because we – she was picking family members literally – by name, she'd say the letter and then she'd say two names. She's amazing. And she would say like when she's like, "Oh, your grandma's here." Ju, she it's goes like, J. It starts with a J. Joan, Judy, Judy, and I go, "Oh my god, Judy!" And then we kind of got talking about L and Chumpy, and then she goes, "Oh, hang on a second. She like laughs to the ceiling. She goes, "Oh, Chumpy wants to say something," and I said, "What? What do you want to say, Chumpy?" And he goes. He just wanted to address that he knows that Elodie was like cursing and screaming and swearing at him during birth. <laughs> and I go, yeah, she was doing that. <laughs> I love it because I literally was like, fuck, jump, this is so painful. Help. Where are you? <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I, I know. I'm really sad that I wasn't there. And he, she was also saying that he, it's weird because like, I just, I don't think that it's any bullshit because the shit that she was saying oh. to me and like, I was just like, wow, you were so bang on everything. Yeah. And she was also saying, she's like, Chummy really wanted to let you know how, how much he loves the nursery, what you've done. And there's this piece of art in there. It's like a linear drawing and it's of the three of you or somewhere yeah. in the house that he just like loves. And it just means that he's actually still really there. Like it just, you know, shows that. And, wow. oh, she was just like, honestly, it went, it was a two hour session. So I've recorded it. I want to, you can sit and actually listen to it properly, but there was just so many beautiful signs in there that she was giving me. And I was just trying to, I'm always like, I got to remember this and then tell you after, but I did record it. So yeah, she's, she's, she's insane. At first I was like, oh, she's a con artist. Cause she's just too good. But then she would know, intricate personal jokes mm. 
like between just me and Chump that no one else would know and she would tell them to me. And and when you're with her, isn't it like you're, you're with Chump yeah. or you're with your nan yeah. or whoever yeah. she's connecting to at that moment, it's like they're right there. She's just yeah. amazing. But she's, she doesn't need a shout-out because she's bloody she, booked out she for She spoke years. to me like so much about my grandma and I was asking her a lot about when she passed after our wedding in Bali and if she was at peace and she was, she was saying – no, 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 your grandma's trying to tell me that, like, she waited, like you said, with your oh. dad. She was waiting for that moment and she was always going to go to the wedding. She said there was a lot of pressure of her going, not going, not going. Yeah. And she's like, she said she almost waited to go to the wedding because she was with all of your family and she just, like, that was her time and that was always going to be her time. Whether she was, because I said I feel really guilty that she was the only reason why she was in Bali was because of our wedding. If she was at home in Australia, would have she got better treatment and been in the hospital and she might not have died yeah but she was just saying like no I had I was always going to be there and whether I was in Australia or not I was always going to pass away and that was always going to be my time and I'm not wasn't one to hang around I didn't want to have brain damage or anything like Mm. that it's crazy how they and she was just laughing she was like god your grandma is so funny like this she was just like oh she's very (laughs) funny I love it when they do that they start to like she'll giggle and she'll be like oh he's saying this and I'm like how do you know? Yeah. But like you can't funny. have Googled that. <laughs> it's funny. I actually, um, speaking of like mediums and signs, I, as like the first time I went out after dad passed away, I was at this cafe with my brother and straight away my dad's favourite song that he has not stopped singing, Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones, came on in the cafe as soon as I sat down and all through his palliative care every time we'd go over and if we'd cry or we'd tell a really fun story from growing up, he'd start to cry. So every time there was emotions, he'd like, you know, or if he'd cry, he'd say, oh, Ellie, you make a grown man cry. And that's like one of the key lyrics of that song. Mm-hmm. And that song came on straight. At, like, uh, yeah, I don't hear much of the Rolling Stones yeah. anymore, but that song came on straight oh. away as I sat down and I was just like, for me, it was this massive sign that dad's okay and he's up there with Chump and I just, even yeah. And even through, like, the last, like, month with, like, all this IVF stuff, I've been asking for so many signs and I love it. I love a sign yeah. because, like, I get given them a lot. You I was do. like, I want 11, 11, 1, 1, 1. I yeah. want, and I want to see feathers and rainbows. And I kid you not, like, throughout the whole of January, every second day I either saw 11, 11 or a feather mm. or a rainbow. Like, it was just, like this universe cannot tell me any clearer that this is my time. Yeah. So yeah. I was pretty stoked with that. And, yeah, I know. I, I, I love just, a sign. I, we love a sign here at Dulling, shiny, signy. <laughs> Even just before coming here, my friend's mum, Penny, who's babysitting Minnie just while we're recording – she straight away was like, oh, Chump's, like, in my house. She was like, oh, Chump's here. I can even feel him in rummy. Oh. Like, he's just here. His energy's so good in this house. And I just, I just love hearing that because I think that. I yeah, feel like he's yeah. here. I feel like he's not gone. Yeah. And But when other people say it, it's just so confirming for me. Mm. I'm like, wow, you didn't have to say that, but you genuinely felt it and you said it out loud and, mm. and I know so it. Nice. I love it. Um, before we wrap this up, there's a little activity that I want everyone to do to start oh, the new yeah. year and it's a little bit of a recommendation actually because I love Matthew McConaughey and I don't know if Me anyone too. follows him he is just such a legend his voice is so epic too um if you haven't already download audible and download his book green lights 
he actually narrates it himself and it's unreal. The mm. stories he tells are so good. Is and he he's so funny? Oh, he's so funny. And, like, because he says it and he's got that, like, Western kind yes, of voice, it does. it's so good. He actually did exchange to Australia when he was younger and it's so fucking funny, the story. He thinks, like, yeah, I'm getting off the plane. I'm going over, you know, I'm in Sydney. I'm in Bondi. And then no turns way. out he gets in his fucking car, ends up, like, out the back of butt fuck nowhere <laughs> with his family that are mad crazy no. he has to like escape and shit it's so good it's when he really, was a young boy yeah when he was a young boy i was I thinking have to if, listen. I, if only matthew mcconaughey came and like visited my family on exchange yeah, would have loved, like, loved that Not anyway i saw on his instagram the other day that he posted this and he he's always goes on in this in this book that he journals he's journaled his whole entire mm. life and he said that he opened this journal the other day and it's all about creating contracts for yourself and he, it was back in like Oh, 1992 or... Oh, it was 1993, I recall. 1993 that he found this diary and it was his life goals and there was 10 goals on it. And he's like, it was so crazy opening it back up because I basically accomplished every single one of those and it's X amount of years Mm. later. And he's like, it's sick. I love that. And so that's what I want to do. We're going to do it as well. Everyone needs to take five minutes out of their day today, write it in like a little notepad don't put it in the notes in your phone. I feel like you need to handwrite yeah, these. and bury the box. And then put it in an envelope and put it put it in your underpants drawer because you're always going to have an underpants yeah. drawer everywhere you live. Yeah. So whenever you move, you get that note and you bring it and, you yeah. know, in 10 years' time you open this up and see what you've accomplished. I love that. Wow. So good. We actually do have a time capsule that we need to unlock. I'd hate to see yeah, what I said. I thought my life was going to end up. We're, we're, we're purposely not opening yeah, that that's for a, a while. S- that needs to be data. done over a few bottles of wine. It definitely wasn't how we foresaw our life nope, to be. No Yours chance. Anyway. Wow. Well, both of ours. I mean, fuck. Yeah, bit fully. on. Yes. This episode should just be called Bit On. But, oh, we could have actually spoken forever just now. I but have we definitely so much have more to, to say. We definitely have to wrap this up because you yep. guys are probably going, okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry, everyone. But this season's going to be amazing. We've got in, incredible guests coming on. So, yeah, We've got, hold on oh, to your And knickers. we also have got some live events in the pipeline. So Sydney people, Melbourne people, so Gold scared. Coast people, end of April, early May. We're coming. We're coming to a state near you. So we're so excited about that. We'll definitely be posting more information about that very soon. You'll be able to buy tickets. Um, wow, that's and crazy. And lastly... You can also rate and review us if you like us because we're so passionate about, you know, getting the word out there Mm. for all the topics that we talk about with grief and fertility and IVF and we can only get in more people's ears with the help of you guys. So you could actually rate us on Spotify too these days. So And join our Facebook community too because there's heaps of like so many little groups going on within the group, like people are making friends in there and like-minded people going through certain things and It's just really, it's so sick, that group. I'm just so proud of what we set up there. Yeah, so we will leave you at at that and we'll be back in your ear holes next week. We love you all. Thank you for listening again. Bye. Bye. Oh, and P.S., guys, as of next week, we will be starting a new segment called Asking for a Friend where we will pick a new question each week to answer by you guys anonymously. Yes, so if you have a question, you can head to the link in our bio on Instagram or we'll put it in our show notes. And yeah, send us the questions and we will answer them for your ear holes. Boom. Bye.